0: You know what? You're right. We got
1: this. Are we in a standoff now? Yeah. That's happening.
0: <laughs> 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 We're waiting to see who's going to talk. I just, yeah, I was like, I you said drive it. You did the whole drive in or multiplex. <laughs> and then I just found myself sitting and enjoying your company and <laughs> waiting. And I'm just looking at you on the zoom screen and going, oh, it's nice to see how he's been away for a couple of weeks.
1: And I was watching you go, I wonder what Mark is waiting for. <laughs> was I supposed to do something else? Have I missed it? Because it has been a while. It's been over a month. Since yeah. We recorded
0: together. I know. I was just lost in your dreamy eyes like Davey from the monkeys in any episode of the show when he gets the little hearts around him. Yeah, it's been a while because we banked a bunch of episodes and then mm-hmm. we both uh went out of town and now we're back. And it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. And it's summertime. And in the interim, we've had a fourth of July. hmm Everybody in LA is back out in the sunshine, which is nice, and movies are coming out, so we thought it would be a good time to talk about what's the best place to see a movie. Yeah, this was asked
1: by Kurt Smith. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. The question was as you heard me growl at you earlier, yeah. Drive ins are multiplexes, but I think we could add a third experience to this, which is Ooh. which is sort of the single screen theater. You're yeah. Egyptian, something that is more of an experiential theater. Right. That not every town has. So I think it kind of, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I feel look, like you
0: love it. I, right? I love a single screen theater. First of all, every town only had single screen theaters until 1963 as I found out in researching this episode. uh AMC was born out of Kansas City in 1963 when one movie theater owner, he owned a few theaters in town and he was like, hey, why don't we play a different movie in the balcony? Which I thought was funny. And he was like, significantly wanted it to be like, a look, we're going to put the good movie on the big screen, but there's got to be a crummy movie coming out that we can just throw up in the balcony, which I think is a hilarious, like tiered way to make a multiplex like, Hi, welcome to the multiplex. Would you like the good screen or the crummy screen?
1: (laughs) And that sort of spirit of the original multiplex exists because now in the modern era, pre pandemic, Mm -hmm. any multiplex you went to, there was always at least one theater that was showing a film where you could just go take a nap. Just a real clunker.
0: Yeah. That nobody's going. Or it's the one movie that's been playing for like three months. You know what I mean? You're like. Guys, it's 2009. Why is Phantom Menace still on one of your screens? (laughs) I mean, I'll go see it. Air conditioning is air conditioning. Yes, the end of the day, (laughs) hot out, Uh, summertime. You grew up in a multiplex sort of environment, right? That was mine too. It was not until I came to LA that I even saw a lot of single screen theaters. It was always the, you know, our local AMC, our local Regal. Mm -hmm. And did you ever just do the? I'm going to go in the morning. And I'm just going to watch movies all day and then leave in the evening.
1: Yes, but I feel like your experience doing that and my experience doing that are a little different. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you are more willing to Heathcliff your way around the movie theater where you're like, (laughs) I'm just going to see this 10 a.m. movie. And then you go, you just move like nobody who's working there, like a 16 year old kid who carries around a garbage bag of popcorn doesn't care if you
0: go into another theater. Nobody's going to see or care. Ultimately, you're more willing to do that. Yes. Yes. Did you walk outside, buy another ticket, go back in, walk outside, buy another ticket, go back in?
1: Yes. Well, I buy all my tickets. I'd go in the beginning and I'd say, okay, this one, that one, and that one. I just buy all the tickets. Then I have, Mm -hmm. for some reason, major anxiety about breaking those rules, probably because I love going to movies so much Mm -hmm. that I was deathly afraid that somebody was going to grab me by the collar and say, you (laughs) kid, no more movies for you. And I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I You're didn't. never
0: allowed to see a movie again. Now give me a waistband so I can chuck you out this door. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm to the alley
1: behind uh. and then knock over one of those metal trash cans. It would have been terrible.
0: Yeah. But Heathcliff was in one of those metal trash cans yeah. getting that fish skeleton out. I'm obsessed with the Heathcliff fish skeleton for some reason. This is the second time this week I've mentioned it. I didn't do that a lot. Sure, he put it on a, he had it under a cloche. (laughs) I don't want the world to get the impression that I was some scofflaw who did this all the time. It was a very rare thing that I would be like, you wanna you wanna go see another one? And then every once in a while I would have that day where I'd just be like, you know what? It's hot out, forget it. I'm gonna see like three movies in a row. But what I still love doing, technically this is also probably against the rules, but I'm not sticking around for the movies, so it's not bad. Okay. There are movie theaters here in LA and I'm sure elsewhere that they time it for I imagine for the projectionist's benefit to go from screen to screen, starting up all the different movies, mm. which is why like screen one, the movie is at four, screen two, the movie is at 410, screen three, the movie is at 420. You know what I mean? Right. So one of my favorite things to do now is if I'm going to go to the, let's say in that scenario, it would be the 440 movie, right? Mm-hmm. Get there at four, you go to the first screen, you watch all the trailers, you go to the next screen, you watch all the trailers, then you get, all of the best trailers that are out right now are like the new stuff that's come out and you get them in like full movie theater mode. And then finally you're in your theater and you watch a movie at the end. That's really smart. It's fun. It's a fun way to bounce around and see a bunch of trailers. And I love, I are you that. a trailer guy? Yes. I love tra-
1: it, yeah. to me. If we're not there when the trailers start, we are late
0: Yeah. and I can't, I like, I gotta be
1: there. I like I'm to with you, be man. seated and get comfortable. And then, then yeah. the trailers start. And that's the whole experience. Well, we've talked about this,
0: that I will leave a movie. If I get there after the movie has started, I can't, I have to turn around and I don't want I want to see the first shot, you know, this past week, which is when black widow opened in theaters. Did you see it yet?
1: Yes. But I, I'm not comfortable going to a movie theater yet. Mm -hmm. So I bought the Disney premiere access. So I watched it. Jennifer and I watched it Friday night. I watched it a little bit last night before I went to bed and I do miss the the experience of going to a movie theater, mm-hmm. but boy, was it nice to sit. I mean, it, you it also have a nice. giant
0: TV and a comfy couch.
1: Yeah. I turned to Jennifer and I was like, we're getting to watch a first run Marvel film the day it releases in our home yeah. legally. There's no, like, you don't hear, like, the (laughs) of somebody handling their camera or phone in the It sounds like
0: you pirate a lot of movies, Hal. I've seen that movies get pirated. I'm aware. (laughs) I know the game. I'm familiar with the concept of a handheld phone shaking through Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Yeah. I'm sitting there going, you know what would make Die Hard with a Vengeance even better? (laughs) Is if every 30 seconds I heard... (laughs) You know, it's funny. Really I, make it better.
0: I don't like generally the sound of crunching food, as you know, mm-hmm. but for some reason, popcorn in a movie theater, people eating popcorn in a movie theater, maybe it's a Pavlov's dog response. I'm like, all right, a movie's about to start. Yeah,
1: it's part of you know it. I mean? It's part of the part yeah, of the
0: experience yeah. being there live. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. If I'm watching something at home,
0: I don't need that part of the experience. you don't have Jennifer just chew popcorn in your ear. <laughs>
1: no, and I don't do it to her.
0: Pour some honey on the floor just so your feet stick to it.
1: The mistake that I made was I had chips while I was watching it, which are way louder, and I missed a lot of dialogue.
0: Where I had to go back and watch it again. Oh my gosh! Well, dude, subtitles, man, sci-fi movies Mm. always subtitles for me, or everything my dad watches
1: because he's on the treadmill. Oh yeah, so he can't really watch TV, and he cranks it up all the way,
0: Mm -hmm. but then also has the subtitles on. Yeah, subtitles are great. Subtitles are great for the sci-fi because you go, "What's that planet called?" That they're (laughs) definitely going to mention again. And then you go, I can't read that. Yeah. I did on a flight recently. My most recent movie watching experience was four movies in a row on a very long flight. And I just, I was a wide awake and I just cranked them out one after the other. What'd you watch? Okay. I will give you my capsule reviews of all of them. Right. One of which I'm sure you have thoughts on and one of which I'm sure Ken Plume has thoughts on who is monitoring this episode. And I will say the first one was Justice League, the non Snyder cut, because the flight wasn't that long, (laughs) (laughs) which is a fun, mediocre superhero movie. Okay. then I watched Crazy Rich Asians. Which mm-hmm. is a wonderful fairy tale of a movie, yes. a travel log for Singapore, mm-hmm. and straight up food porn for like a third of the movie. Correct. It's just delicious looking shots of Southeast Asian street food. It's so good. It's that movie is fa- and that movie is fantastic. And also on an airplane, there's less oxygen. I get more emotional watching movies, so I'm crying by the end of it. Oh, I was gonna ask if you cried. I was I cried crying the by the end of my it, next so. one. Oh, okay,
1: it's it's very 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 good. <laughs> it's a well told story. It's very
0: emotional. And then I didn't realize I was doing an Aquafina double feature because I had not seen the trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon that introduced oh. that character. All the only character I knew in it was Raya. So I watched Raya and the Last Dragon, which I loved, and knew nothing about except the artwork that I'd seen, which is gorgeous. And Aquafina's in that, and she crushes it in that movie. She's hilarious. And then I watched Tenet, which is difficult to get through but it was four movies in a row and i don't think i'd done that in a very long time that is a lot i don't think i've ever watched four in a row i mean i
1: well no yeah not even on a flight certainly not in the theater my record in the theater is three
0: yeah didn't you watch the same movie like three times in one day in a movie theater I think I maybe twice one of the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Um, Civil War. I think Civil War. You did it twice in a row or three in a row.
1: It was either Civil War. It was Civil War twice in a row. Jennifer mm-hmm. came with me to the first one. And then she went home and a friend relieved her for the second movie. Gotcha. So that one I saw. I bought tickets for two
0: shows. Same seats. Same theater. Of course. I will say this, getting back to the topic of this episode, Mm. it's way more difficult to do shady, sneaky stuff when you have a car. You know what I mean? Yes. Especially at a lot of the drive-ins in LA, where it is one screen, one event, and like they fill it up, and then they empty it out. And if they're going to do a late one, then they bring the late crowd in, and then they empty it out. It's tough to just sit there in your car unnoticed when you're the only one left in the lot. (laughs) <laughs> so you can't re- they can't you can be like oh no no I'm early for the I'm early for the 10 o'clock and they're like really because this car was parked here during the 8 o'clock <laughs> uh, no you just
1: put a mustache on your license plate and they won't <laughs> notice <laughs> one of those lift mustaches that you mm-hmm. have the big pink ones on the front Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't realize you were coming tonight. (laughs) If you see that other car that was here, please let me know. We'll have it removed immediately. We'll grab
0: it by its belt loops. (laughs) (laughs) No more movies for you, Mr. Car. (laughs) Wow, you're heavier than that kid
1: (laughs) (laughs) trying to throw you out the
0: drive-in. Are you a drive-in fan? Let's talk about drive I love a drive-in.
1: I am. Yeah, I love drive-ins, too. Mm -hmm. The past year, out of necessity, has become a rebirth of the drive-in, but in a different way. So traditionally, your drive-in theater would Mm -hmm. be a dedicated, giant lot. It would be fanned out. Initially, you had posts with speakers on them that you would put inside your car. Now you can tune your radio Mm -hmm. and these giant, dedicated screens, and they were back-to-back in multiple different configurations. So you could have two, three, four different movies showing at once. It is more of an event, but now parking garages, all these different places have converted into drive-in theaters. And I'll tell you, it's still alive and well, even now as we start to hopefully emerge to a more open era that sustains. When Jennifer and I landed in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. the next night we were out with my dad and there is a movie theater that, that has opened in the shopping center that used to be home to a larger movie theater. And that new movie theater, which is like four screens, said drive-ins. We have a drive-in. We're showing drive-in
0: movies. It's a smaller – It's it was a movie theater, but now it's a smaller movie theater, but it's a drive-in movie theater. Well, what, you are we stacking the cars? You would think. It's like the Carvana vending machine. It's just a vertical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're stacked on top of one another. Yeah. And then maybe you get to watch some of the movie if you're <laughs> – the higher up you are, the better it is. Sure. It's spinning, so you get a few minutes of the movie at a time. Yeah. <laughs> It's a traditional
1: fourplex, Mm -hmm. but around the back of the shopping center, Mm -hmm. they were supposedly doing drive-ins, and the signage was not clear. But we thought, I want to see what their setup is, because there's not that much space. So we go around behind, Mm -hmm. thinking, like, at some point, we'll see something, and there was an area that looked like it was supposed to be an entrance. Nobody was really guarding it. And then we came upon, like, seven cars parked in two rows, watching Fast and Furious 9 amazing up on the back of the shopping center and but we were right in the middle of it I was like oh uh i guess we should leave so we had to do a three-point turn in front of some of the cars to go so there's
0: so there's no way for them to like check tickets and check people into this thing or mm-hmm. i mean i think the people who are doing
1: it would have to care that's fair and they have that like trash bag of kids.
0: popcorn they don't care
1: Exactly. They're busy.
0: They had their hands full. I love a drive-in. You know this. I've always loved a drive-in. The LA drive-in that is my favorite is the Pacific Vineland drive-in, which is a fourplex drive-in, so sort of shaped like a T with each point or a shape like a cross with each point of the cross, having a screen on it, and then a central concession stand in the middle. So I've been going there since probably about 2003. Mm -hmm. And it's been my favorite movie in LA. But since the pandemic, like you mentioned, everything moved outside. Like People filmmakers and cinema owners made do and the way to make do during this was drive-ins. So there have been so many amazing drive-ins around Los Angeles and in all different styles. And I tried to see each different style. There's the rooftop one, like you're talking about, where it's like the roof of a parking structure. There's one company that has giant inflatable screens. So they'll do like the middle of the desert. like You'll drive into a valley in the desert and suddenly there's nothing around and then a 100 cars aimed at a screen. I've done the big theaters in LA. The Greek Theater does one. One thing I love about these as opposed to the Vineland drive-in, and one thing I think that nowadays, the post-pandemic drive-in or the new resurgence of the pop-up drive-in, I think is a very different thing than a standalone drive-in because the standalone drive-ins have had their arc. You know what I mean? Like Vineland Drive-In being there since however long it's been there. And I've been going for, you know, 15 years or whatever. That has always been a staple there, but I got to drive 30 miles to go to it. Yeah. And it's one of few left. There's only a few hundred of these. I think what, 300 left of the major drive-ins still in operation. There are states that don't have any of them at all. Brief history version of it. Drive-ins first opened in the 1910s. The first patented drive-in was in 1933 in New Jersey. And uh, he wanted to create this guy, uh, Hollingshead, wanted to create a place where his mother could go and watch movies because she couldn't go to the movie theater. So he invented a drive-in. It blew up, appealed to families. And then the 50s and 60s were when they really exploded. Here's a little bit of a trivia question for you. When do you think that drive-ins declined? When did drive-ins decline? Okay. When and why? 50s Very specific reason.
1: We're a huge time because of car culture. Mm-hmm. So everything around a car would make sense. I would say the decline started in 1965 or 66 to coincide with the beginning of the Vietnam War.
0: A little later than that, 1982, because of Miss Pac-Man. Because of Ms. Pac-Man, it was the oil and gas crisis in the 70s. And everybody started buying smaller cars and it was oh. less comfortable to sit in a drive-in movie theater because you can course. imagine like these giant boat cars. You're like, oh, there's like sitting in my living room where the front seat is just one big bench. And then imagine like one of those early or like late 70s Toyotas that have that like look like a little Fiat, like little Japanese Fiats making their way to the United States. You're like, oh, this is a terrible way to see a movie. I know this is a person who used to own a 1982 prelude.
1: I don't want to watch the deer hunter sitting in my le car. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So then they really declined after that. But, you know, there have been a few in operation and they play mostly first run movies. I think the wonderful thing about this resurgence right now that's happening with drive-ins, at least in Los Angeles, is that it's not first run movies. It's classics, whether modern classics or older classics, it's movies that the people that are there in the audience have seen before. They know, they know lines. They will like, there are certain points in the movie when the horn has now become applause because everybody's in their cars. Mm -hmm. So like I saw the princess bride at the drive in and you know, the big final kiss at the end, everybody honks their horn. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) Or when he says, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You hear one little meep meep over in the corner. And you're like, that guy like that. (laughs) Like, it's fun to watch. I saw Raising Arizona at the Greek Theater. I saw, you know, uh, Labyrinth I saw this summer. All these great classic movies. So that to me, I feel like going to a multiplex, you are getting getting back to the binary topic decision we have to make. I feel like going to a multiplex, you've got, yes, you have superior sound depending. Because sometimes, nowadays, it's radio that you use. It's your car radio is where the sound for the movie comes through. It's transmitted. That can get a little bit staticky at times. And plus, I don't have THX in my car. I can't make it pitch black in my car. So a multiplex has that element of everything being exactly attuned to watching what is on the screen in front of you and hearing what's on the screen in front of you. That said, I think that a drive-in feels more like an event. What do you think? I agree with you. I think that's sort of what we're going to be debating and
1: negotiating over is the idea of the experience overall of event-based movie going versus all of the bells and whistles and comforts that you get from multiplex. So we're going to dig into that. Yeah. But first we're going to take a brief break. We'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be back in two and two or earlier. Two and two. So
0: four. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Go to math class. I'll take it during the break. (laughs) This episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal is brought to you in part by Freshly. Look, we're all trying to eat right, right? It's important to take care of our health. We're all coming out of probably a year of eating ice cream. Let's focus on our health, and Freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs, making it easier to eat better.
1: That's right. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required, and the ordering is easy. You just visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals, like my favorite, the steak peppercorn. I love it so much. The great thing is, not only super easy to reheat, but like the perfect amount of food, so when I'm done, I feel satisfied with it, and I don't feel that drag when you eat less healthy food.
0: What are you rocking right now? What do you like? I love the sausage baked penne. I love the fried chicken with the macaroni and cheese. Oh. I know. But the thing is, even the ones that are home style meals, you know, there's mm-hmm. different they come in different packages. There's the, uh, the super healthy ones. And then there's like the home style meal. ones. Even the ones that are home style meal ones are still super good for you. Like I read the labels on the back and there's something that Freshly does that I really like mm. uh, is they're not frozen. That was the first thing that surprised me. They are fresh and and, and especially they're in your fridge. They're fresh. You're not pulling them out of the freezer and reheating them. You are warming up something that was cooked by a chef and is uh, is fresh. And the thing that I think they do beautifully is somehow they get proteins right in a single serve meal, which is so rare. The fact that was the thing that blew me away when I first tried them. I was like, "Wow, the chicken is really good. The steak is really good." Yeah. Uh which you don't see often in a single served meals like this. They're delicious. I cannot recommend them highly enough. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life Freshly. Right now,
1: Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com
0: forward slash we got this. That's right. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash we got this for 40 bucks off your first two orders.
1: That's Freshly.com slash we got this
0: for $40 off your first two orders. And thanks to Freshly for sponsoring the show, which we will get back to right now. Hello, I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl. And we host Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. Every week, we share media that made us who we are. Things like Archie Comics, Sailor Moon, and lots of Taylor Swift. And now that Riley's an adult, it comes with 100% more butts. And now I am totally comfortable with it. So check out new episodes of Still Buffering every Thursday on maximumfun.org. Butts butts butts. Join in Riley. Butts 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 butts.
0: Boy, that was some good math. Man, did you learn about sines and cosines and tangents or is it too short a break? Sure. Too short a break. Maybe. Yeah, was too short. Hey, you know what in our line of work, we don't use math geometry <sighs> or trig I don't know. Was that Jim or was that was that trigger or, uh, or I don't know. I liked up through algebra. Algebra was interesting. And then after that, nothing made sense to me. I sort of got algebra and then yeah. I was really good at calculus
1: for a reason I will never be able to understand. Really? It just clicked at a certain point And then I was a straight A calculus. So senior oh. year, and then in college, I took it. Physics in college was all calculus. Mm-hmm. I'd taken conceptual physics, yeah. which is just, here's the idea of how it works. And then at the same time, I was taking calculus. And then I took a physics course in college to put them together. And I was like, this is an easy A. I that is insane to me. Know, That's
0: so great. But I, I had no I, idea.
1: I don't think I was cut out to be either a mathematician or a scientist. Yeah. I just, I happen to have some facility in a very specific area of it.
0: Yeah. Hmm, Not me. That was my only C's in high school. I got very good grades. My only C's were in pre-calculus and calculus. And I was like, I just, my brain just doesn't get these. So I'm in awe of all of our listeners who are science people who Mm -hmm. can do this stuff. My brain just doesn't do that. It's like professional baseball players. Like you do a thing that I do not do and cannot do. I will just be in awe of you doing it. But let's get back to the movies. Let's talk about, let's really dive into The pros and cons of a drive-in versus a multiplex. Okay. Thoughts?
1: I think a multiplex, by and large, offers a wider variety of movie-going experiences, both from how the sound is experienced and the way that technology continues, because cars Mm -hmm. are not built to also be movie theaters. Right. They're built to take you around. They can be very comfortable. If you have, like, a station wagon or a big SUV, you can pop, you can back into your spot, you pop the hatch up, and then you can put in an air mattress or whatever, make it really comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's great. But it doesn't beat a really comfortable chair that reclines.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you think the experience, even movie aside, just the experience of your surroundings is better in a multiplex.
1: I think for comfort, yes. Here's the other part, though. Mm -hmm. In my car, I can control who the other audience members are
0: that I have to spend time around. And listen yeah, to. So I, that's a big plus. You roll up those windows and then mm-hmm. you can talk through the movie if you want to.
1: Or not hear other people talk to. like yeah. you can agree with your small movie watching pod, mm-hmm. what your rules of watching the movie, like what's gonna make this the most enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. And nobody's gonna have a problem with that and go, I don't know, you jerks. I'm gonna do whatever I want. <laughs> and I like to whistle along with the score.
0: Though, look, I got to say, it is nice every once in a while to have someone mouthy in a movie theater, especially during the trailers. (laughs) like the guy who years ago, when the trailer for Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera came on the screen and someone in the audience yelled, oh, my God, they put nipples on the mask. (laughs) Or what was the one that you had where something happened in the movie and someone just stood up
1: and went, nope, and walked out? That was in another Joel Schumacher movie. That was at Batman and Robin when they were bidding over Poison Ivy. When they put nipples on the suit. Well, when Batman pulled out the American Express card that had the bat symbol on it, that was (laughs) Batman's American Express card. And said, don't leave home without it. Somebody stood up and went, I'm out of here. And then left. (laughs) And they were sitting. In front of me and over to the right in one of the side sections. And it is, it is, I don't remember much of that movie. Sure. But boy, do I remember that moment and thinking like that is a person who really has it together in their life where they know what they want. Like I'm sitting here going, I also don't like this movie, but I'm not going to leave. I have a seat and I paid money for a ticket. People worked hard on this movie. Yeah. Well, I didn't even think I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even thinking to that level. I was just thinking about myself. And hey, I'm I'm here. You don't just leave a movie. You
0: can't possibly do that. But this person probably had a great rest of their night. Yeah, I will say, though, going back to what we were talking about, aside from the seat, like, yes, you can probably get a more comfortable, better view of the screen seat in a theater. I think for me, the environment of a drive in Mm. is preferable to the environment in a multiplex. Because of the not only because of the factors within the vehicle that I can control air conditioning and volume levels with my counterparts and we can bring our own food from home. Like I've stopped at Trader Joe's and gotten salads and sandwiches and you sit in the movie and you do that and that's a blast. But also the environment outside the car, especially in these pop ups that are happening all over now. You know, you've got a view of the mountains or you're on a rooftop overlooking the valley or you know what I mean? Like they seem to always, at least around here, be put in locations that they're conscious of the location they are in and embracing it. As opposed to a multiplex, which the entire job of a multiplex is to make everything focus on the screen. Everything around you is unimportant and will get as close to pitch black as they can get it. And the sound will be perfect, and the screen will be bright. You know, you go to a couple of drive-ins, and you're like, "Guys, you should have started this at eight forty, not eight ten, because I'd still light out, and I could barely see this movie."
1: Yeah, or you'll hear like, "Help me over the room." You're hope. You know, they don't always get those first run prints, sure, to show. And there is something, yes, as an overall experience, as an event based experience. The drive-in has
0: it hands down. But as a movie viewing experience, the Cineplex has it hands down.
1: Yeah, because how many times are you in a car at a drive-in and then you notice you have to turn the defroster on because your salad breath is fogging up the windshield. (laughs) Gross. But then that forces you to like, oh, I guess I could crack the windows. But then I have to hear everybody else who has their windows down. like You do have control, but Mm -hmm. maybe a little less than you think. Like I'm happy to not have to defrost my glasses when I go to the multiplex. And the snacks, is a that is a big one. Being able to bring your own food. It's huge. Without being, you know, sketchy about it.
0: Without sneaking a quarter of a pizza from Pequod's into a movie theater in Chicago where you and your three buddies each took a quarter of the pizza, wrapped it in foil and stuffed it down the front of your pants so they wouldn't notice that you were sneaking a pizza into the movie theater. But not realizing that the pizza right as it comes out of the oven, that cheese is still super slippery. And then you wind up with yourself and three friends with a lap full of hot melted cheese theoretically something like that those Pequot pizzas are so thick too they're (laughs) They're so hot aren't they like the thickest of the deep dish (laughs) oh this we got a thin crust oh yeah we didn't get the deep dish we got the thin crust but we each stuffed a quarter we even brought a roll of aluminum foil thinking we are geniuses
1: (laughs) and then we I don't even
0: I don't know hot laps (laughs) Uh, go grease lighten lighten. it was (laughs) it was grease lighten And we were ready for the heat lap trial.
1: (laughs) When I was 13, uh, one of my best friends, Damien, and I went to see Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, at the Mm -hmm. Merlin Theater in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania.
0: I love the new edit. Yeah, it's really, it's
1: way better now. The Canadian cut. Much less stressful. (laughs) And we went to the Eckerd Drugs. Sure, I know Eckerd. at At the corner of West and Old York Road. To get candy and stuff, which we put, we each wore a Baja, one of his Bajas, <laughs> and put all the candy in the hoods. Brilliant. That was how we snuck <laughs> it in. <laughs> so we went up to the ticket. I think there were bottles of soda involved as well. So it was like,
0: I've got one ticket to last <laughs> West New York. As that bottle of Coke in your hood is just choking you out. You legally can't ask me why I sound like this. <laughs> uh, are you a cop? You have to tell me. Yeah. Are you really a wire? <laughs> Open your shirt. Let me see your bare torso. I want to see if you're a cop. Oh, my army! Are you about to smash my cast off? Where'd you get a hammer? We got to find out the truth. The oh, way. just
1: get in there, please. The ticket's seven fifty. Just, ow, go inside. Thank you.
0: Stupid 13-year-olds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next is a 13-year-old boy with a huge pregnant belly. <laughs> <laughs> I did not go to Kenny Rogers
0: Roasters, sir.
1: Why would you ask?
0: Well, that's not a question you're supposed to ask someone. Legally, you're not allowed to ask me about this. <laughs> Are you a cop? <laughs> Let me see your belly. <laughs> uh Yeah, so you can take your own food in. Yeah. That's another great thing about like it really a lot of it comes down to you can just really control your environment. hmm in a drive-in but in a cineplex or a multiplex they have controlled the environment for you Mm. in an optimized for the movie way it feels like the multiplex is about the movie the drive-ins about the experience would that be a fair way to put it yes because like otherwise why am i paying twenty dollars to see a movie that i've seen before and own on dvd especially for these like second run ones you know what i mean Yeah. I'm not seeing something new. I'm not specifically excited about seeing this movie for the first time. I'm excited about seeing a movie I know and love with a group of people who also know and love this movie.
1: True. Here's the other part of it, though. We live Mm -hmm. in Southern California, where we have the luxury of being able to go to a drive-in theater comfortably year round. Sure. Do you think if you live in the Iron Range of Minnesota, (laughs) that in the dead of January winter... Do you want to go, go to the drive? in <laughs> I want to go park my car, turn the engine off and then watch a movie for two hours.
0: And also it's January, which is when all the terrible movies get dumped. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's why they dump the terrible movies in January because they're like, look, nobody's going to go to the drive in to see hot to trot. Let's just dump this in January. <laughs> uh- We're not going to make a summer movie out of this. Bobcat Goldswede.
1: Shout out to Dabney and Bob.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dabney and Bob and John Candy. Who played? Was John Candy the horse? He was the horse. Amazing. All right. Maybe I would go see Hot to Trot. Hot C Trotterton. The horse. (laughs) Is it H-O-T-S-Y or H-O-T space C period? The remake. It's going to be the second one. Oh, that where Seth Rogen plays the horse? Yeah. And the horse
1: is a tiktok (laughs) influencer.
0: Oh, (laughs) jeez. You know what? Let's talk about the third one that we haven't really mentioned much, which is the single screen movie theater, which is the way a lot of people saw movies for whichever way. Everybody saw movies through 1963. Mm -hmm. That to me feels like kind of a delightful combination of both. Especially here in L.A. And again, we are in the movie capital of the English language. Yeah. So we are really spoiled with some of the single screen theaters. that we get. I've been going to the Vista Theater for years. The first time I ever saw my name on a marquee was at the Vista Theater, which was very, very cool. For what? For a, It was there for one night. They had rented it. It was an indie film that I had done with uh, Robert. It was a lot of fun called 30 love, but he'd rented the, th- that was the premiere. He'd rented the theater for the night. And you know, the, this was before what this week, Quentin Tarantino bought the Vista theater. Right. Uh, which I'm yeah. excited to see what he does with it, but it's kind of always just been the unassuming single screen theater in this part of Hollywood, right? Yeah. I think he's going to make it. You have to be barefoot to go inside <laughs> and watch movies. And you have to prove you're barefoot by holding him up to a camera at the front door.
1: He'll be checking. The, he'll be the ticket taker every oh, geez. night.
0: But the line will be so long because he will just talk your ear off while he's selling you a ticket. But like, we have some really great single screen movie theaters. Uh, you know, we've got the Egyptian, the, the Chinese theater. We've got the Vista, the New Beverly, which I think he already, Tarantino already owns the New Art, like all of these single screen epic theaters. I know, like, where my mom lives, there are a lot of towns where the town, like, theater, theater or opera house doubles as the movie theater. Sure. Like I once did a show with kids unlimited when I was a kid where we performed in Wapakoneta, Ohio on the stage. And then after our show was done, they pulled that big screen down, downstage, and then it became the movie theater in town. Um, so that is also, I think, a really fun way to see a movie is in a, a theater that was not specifically designed to be a movie theater. Cause, you know, I love a big, beautiful proscenium theater. And a lot of times a multiplex isn't going to do that because they're trying to cram as many seats in as possible. They've got stadium style seating. It's not the focus isn't on, you know, pre-World War II Art Deco and Art Nouveau flourishes in a, you know, red plush velvet theater.
1: Well, think about all that stuff, all the vaudeville houses on the, the million dollar mile. Yeah downtown here that that were converted. One was a church, a bunch of them mm-hmm. were jewelry marts, very little remains. A former guest, Dave Berman, uh, who worked as a, not a docent, but he, would yeah. give oh, a he was a docent area. for it. Yeah. He was a docent, and we went and took yeah. tours. I went great. a couple times, and it's <sighs> always fascinating to see how that was. And that was, similar to the drive-in, a time when going to the movies was a luxury and a huge event. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we're in an era where the movie going experience is a little more democratized. It doesn't have well, to it was be pretty it democratized. Fancy, then it was just sort of thing.
0: There were those giant theaters, but there were the Nickelodeon theaters, you know, you pay your nickel and you go and you can sit all day and watch, you know, however many movies you want with the reels going between them and all. But I agree that as far as the democratization of movies, like, Anyone can go at any time. You don't have to put, I'd like you, it's funny to see pictures of kids going to the movies back then. They put on their little tie. You know what I mean? Like there's that, like now you can roll through and flip flops at 10 in the morning. If you want to just, you know what? I got some time on my hands. I want to be the first one to see whatever this new thing coming out is.
1: There was a period of time out here in Los Angeles a year or two before I met Jennifer where Mm -hmm. Fridays for me would be waking up and in my pajama bottoms, slippers with soles and a t-shirt i would go to the howard hughes center Mm -hmm. down in this neck of the woods
0: with that nail salon that's never open and your fingernails just get longer and longer and longer
1: yeah yeah that's right and the shoe store that's all tissue boxes and (laughs) i would go and just get tickets to three movies and that's like it didn't matter to me i wanted to be as comfortable as possible to me that was like an extension That movie theater was an extension of my home. And whatever your movie theater is that you go to, there is a certain part of that to it. Like, this is my home. Everybody has a home theater that they go Mm -hmm. to. It's their favorite because they like the seats. They know what's at the snack bar. They like the syrup mixture and the soda. So I think that moves us. I think it's got to be multiplexes in the end. Number one, because of the choice. Number two, it it is about seeing the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a great summertime event hint for next week experience Ooh. a drive-in theater but if you're going to go see a movie mm-hmm. i think a multiplex
0: is the way to go and it's also a multiplex is something that everyone has you might not be in an area that has a single screen old vaudeville house turned movie theater mm-hmm. or a place that has a lot of you know maybe during the pandemic but after once the pandemic is you know once everybody's reopened back in the world maybe not the drive-ins won't be happening as much so there is something warmly comforting about going to your local theater, seeing what's playing there and knowing which screen you like the best. Like, oh, it's oh, it's playing on screen, two. I was hoping it was on one because that's the one with the better sound. You know what I mean? Where you yeah. have those thoughts, you know, the layout of the place, you know, which of the arcade games in that tiny arcade in the front have taken the most of your money yeah That's i think the area 51 or the uh did you see the sketch on snl i don't was, know
1: they've done it many was about coming back it was uh somebody's vin diesel talking about look we're coming back the seats the popcorn the soda but then it devolved into the aerosmith arcade machine <laughs> the trash can with a hole it's too small for your trash so those are some of the personality features yeah. Of your local multiplex. And that I think is what makes it special
0: to you. Yeah.
1: And you always have a choice. Both special
0: to an individual mm-hmm. and universally connective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe not everybody's experienced to drive in, but everybody I know has been to the movies before in their local theater and watched that opening thing that they always have to do some theme thing that tells you where the trash cans and the exits are and oh. to turn your phone off. Back when I was a kid, it was a roller coaster. Yeah, the Regal Regal Roller Coaster. coaster Yeah, it was amazing. And we would sit in the audience and throw our hands up over our heads like we were on a real roller coaster. Of course you would. Yeah, and like you like you mentioned, as I was cutting you off, you also have the choices. That's the other big thing. You can Uh, go and you can look at some of these theaters. They have 20 screens, and you're like, holy crap, there are 20 (laughs) screens in this theater. And... Whatever Marvel movie is out is on 10 of those screens so they can have it. I can go see Black Widow at 1, 105, 110, 115 in IMAX, 120, 125. And that's what it's about. (laughs) It's all about the world. Yeah. That's it. That's the
1: choice. It's your home theater. Yeah. I was going to turn it into like a whole, a whole (laughs) song, but I lost the thread. Deal with it. It's fine. Just go see movies at your local multiplex when you're comfortable.
0: You're really phoning in these people of the worlds.
1: You want to go back? Look I'm tired. I'm so, <laughs> so tired. So tired. I, I, I'm looking forward to the day that I return, like comfortably return to my local multiplex. That to me, more than going to a restaurant or going to a sporting event, the thing I'm looking most forward to that is like a personal not seeing friends and family thing. Is Mm -hmm. going to movie theater that is a very exciting very personal very comfortable thing for me and I assume it is for a lot of the people who can I ask you a quick question go ahead please yes question.
0: I know you're in the middle of the uh, the people of the world moment it's okay Um, going on you said it was you said it's your favorite not friends and family thing. Yeah. Now, did that imply that friends and family things are your favorite and of the things that aren't that it's this or this is your favorite because it's not a friends and family thing? Like, I'm just going to see this movie. I don't have to talk to anybody. It's no, like a blind date where you're like, let's go see a movie. So two hours of our date. I don't have to learn about you. I've definitely done that.
1: But also not for not because I don't have to learn about it. But when I go to the movies, I don't. Mm-hmm talk and i have friends who will talk and they can talk to me all you can talk to me all you want chances are i am not going to respond i'm going to be locked into what's happening on the screen but i would take I that it, dare i meant it outside of all the things all the people sure. i'm excited to see. Th- that was an aside anyway please That's continue. above all and i'm sure you feel the same way that both of us do which is that multiplexes are preferable to drive-ins for a movie going experience to actually go see a movie so go to your local multiplex when you're comfortable Mm-hmm. Until then, you can get Disney Plus with premiere access to Black Widow, like I have. You can watch it a million times, which I
0: will. <laughs> of course you will. Thank you to Kurt Smith for this topic. It is a delight to talk about movies with. Movie expert, Hal Loveland. (laughs) This is always fun. And this topic is closed. There are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter or you can email us. We got this podcast at gmail.com or go
1: to our Facebook page. Talk about the movie theaters that you love, loved, and will continue to love. What do you want to see in the future? There's only one place to do it. And that's at our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic
0: designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for sitting down with us for an hour and talking about sitting down with us for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark
1: Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We we got got this. this. We got this.
0: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.